2: Radio Studios in Midtown Manhattan. It's the fastest growing radio talk show. Brian Kilmeade.
3: Hi everyone, welcome to the latest moments of the Brian Kilmeade Show. So glad you're here, Senator John Cornyn. In a matter of I guess 10 minutes and bottom of the hour, Jack Keene, uh, the general, getting ready for the Yankees opening day at 105 today. He'll be in the Bronx. But first, he's stopping by us with everything that matters most. So much testimony on Capitol Hill as the Pentagon goes to rationalize and explain why they need the money they need. Uh, Republicans and Democrats had a lot of really penetrating questions, one of which was, hey, what's with the drag shows on military bases and the big I don't know in response? I know. Let's get to the big three.
2: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three.
4: Number three. What I will say that I don't think that an attack on Taiwan is imminent nor inevitable. Uh, Having said that, uh, we need to make sure that we uh, maintain a combat, combat credible force.
3: You're kidding. Why do I never feel better after Lloyd Austin speaks? China-U.S. relations at an all-time low, tensions at an all-time high. From the visit of the Taiwanese president today and their reaction to the ditching of the dollar by Brazil to the jump on the Chinese currency, they are trying to confront us everywhere we turn. Does anyone think the defense secretary, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and the president are aware of this? I don't
5: number two as of now motive hasn't been identified and the police chief said at the last at his last press conference that they don't yet have reached a conclusion with respect to uh, motive uh, we are certainly working full time with them to try and determine what the motive is and of course motive is what determines whether it's a hate crime or not
3: tragedy all around Nashville transgender killer motives and manifesto are now public why? So the left can focus on guns and blame Republicans. It's despicable. We will discuss the great police work and the stunning death of six innocent people.
6: Number one.
7: We have seen some polls where DeSantis is doing far, far better against Trump, actually ahead of him in Iowa and tied with him in New Hampshire. But this new Fox poll does show that Trump is extremely popular.
3: Byron York, 2024 Fox polls are in and great news for the performer president of the United States and not so much for Joe. We examine the field, check in on the Trump cases and find out what issues matters most to you. First off, and I won't get to too much detail, stuff that I'll get to with the Nashville killer and guns with Senator John Cornyn in 10 minutes. But I do want to talk about these polls in case you have not seen them. Fox News' polls are kinder than most to Democrats. I'm not saying that's ever the intent or the science is bad. I'm just telling you the track record. Donald Trump compared to the rest of a field that is about 15 deep with all the people who were swirling about it, whether it's Glenn Youngkin, Tim Scott, Francis Suarez, the mayor of Miami, uh, Chris Nunu, Mike Pompeo, Kristi Noem, Asa Hutchinson, Chris Christie, Greg Abbott, Nikki Haley. These are all single digits. Then Liz Cheney at 3 percent, Mike Pence at 6 percent, Ron DeSantis at 24 percent. And it looks like Donald Trump at fifty four percent. He was at forty three in February. Why is that? I think a lot of it is that poll that's also in the New York Times today. On a two to one margin, the American people look at that case by Alvin Bragg in New York City and say it is uh, not a case to bring up on a president. Pure politics, and they say that's a joke. And they see the way the level in which he's being attacked. And I also think the president, of the former president of the United States, policies look better every day. Does anyone want to swap? Biden's policies for Trump at the border. Look at the Middle East. We're having the Abraham Accords. Does anyone think those weren't earth-shattering? They were, all being undone. The isolation of Iran, instead of the bolstering up of Iran, the loss of Saudi, Saudi, Arabia, uh, Saudi Arabia as a chief ally, they seem to be leaning more towards Russia and China. What's happened in the Ukraine? Was there any invasion when President Trump was there? And I don't care if you agree with Trump that it wouldn't have happened or or not. But if you look at the world in which was left, as opposed to the one we have, and the number one issue for all of you out there, and I'm sure you're answering this on your own, is inflation. 90% say that is of extreme concern. 87% crime. Now, who was better on crime, President Trump or Biden? What do you think? Who is better on inflation? Okay, let's just go by the numbers. 2% or between 6 and 9%? Imagine paying taxes. They're undoing all the tax cuts, 71%. Book banning? <clears throat> it depends on where you're going. I don't think they should be banning uh, books, period. But inappropriate books in elementary school libraries? Yes. Having drag shows in third grade? Problem? Yes. When it comes to border security, 69% says yeah, I I, 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 it's a big deal. Well, who's better on the border? War between U.S. and China? Who's better? 68% say that's of chief concern. Climate change, 61%. Okay, they went on climate change. Drum roll, please. You know what that means also? Who wants to pay more for oil and gas? Who's looking at the utility bill right now and said, wow, I'm so glad Trump's out of office. I will answer that for you. Nobody. So... To me, these polls are intriguing, and they must be heartening for the president of the United States. Well, I think in his interview with, uh, with Sean Hannity, I think he looks rattled. I think the, the weight of these cases is definitely weighing on him, in my view, in 2024. Oliver Beavers was on. She's from Politico. Uh, she was on with Brett last night at a perspective now how she sees the polls. Cut to
8: there's only two people in the race, Brett. I actually have a story coming out tomorrow, but we've been polling House Republicans, including some of Donald Trump's, you know, most ardent and loyal supporters in the House, and we were asking them, "Are you supporting him again?" And we're we're ticking up to about you know four dozen Republicans in the Senate and the House. And what we found is that only a fraction were willing to tell us that they were actually um, behind him again. And, and you know, I, I also polled Republicans from Florida and asked 20 of the House Republicans, do you support Trump or do you support DeSantis? And there are only two out of the 20 who are publicly endorsing Donald Trump right now.
3: So Ron DeSantis is not in yet, but, man, he's traveling to all the important states, including some that don't seem that important, like New York. When we come to New York, you usually want money. So he's got 24% of the votes, so a solid second. I think he's definitely in. And I just question, I'm getting text messages this morning, for example, from the Trump people that, was, that sent me his polls that shows DeSantis was not that good on the pandemic. Really? Do you know anybody in America that wouldn't have changed the state they were in to be in Governor DeSantis's Florida? Well, the deaths were high. Really? Okay. A lot of it's because seniors, number one. Number two is people had choices. So if your choice was to not wear a mask, not get vaccinated, and you're 84 years old with emphysema, that's your call. If you did get sick, that's your call. The information was out there, but they weren't destroying lives, like the lives that were destroyed, the school, the school progress that was retarded because of the lockdowns. Mr. President, he is John DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is not vulnerable on the pandemic You could pull out any bar graph, pie chart you want. He was awesome on the pandemic. And we know here, Jared Kushner said it on the air, every morning, every morning, before eight, Ron DeSantis would be telling Jared Kushner to go over the numbers and what the latest is, from the vaccine to testing to what people are finding out with the science and comparing notes. That's very similar to what Obama did when the market crashed Senator McCain said, don't worry about it. Nothing I can do about it. I'm not that great in the economy. And Obama picked up the phone and called Hank Paulson every day. It really won in the election. What I think DeSantis got to do is to close the gap on the president who's going to say, hey, Ron DeSantis is great. Like him. But at 44 years old, he's got time. I know how to do this job. The world's about to explode. Don't give it to someone that doesn't know. To me, that would seem – I'm not exactly saying I'm Karl Rove. But that seemed to me be, be the winning formula doesn't mean it doesn't get personal. I'll remind you, when it does get personal, including with Tim Scott and uh, when they're going to go after Nikki Haley if she starts hurting in the polls, she, too, and Mike Pompeo, it's not unusual. You're going to say when Trump gets personal, it's, wow, why is he doing that? Well, it's not unusual. I mean, just think about how personal Hillary Clinton Obama got. Think how personal uh, it got with Bush 41 and Bob Dole about McCain and Bush 43. It got ugly. And this will get ugly, too. But I just I just question the strategy of saying on COVID-19 that uh, Governor DeSantis wasn't that good. He was great. So was Kemp. i you listen to the Brian Kilmeade Show. When we come back, Senator John Cornyn, on the new push to get more gun regulations in after he put his career on the line to get the last batch in. Don't move.
2: Coming to you on a need-to-know basis because, man, do you need to know. It's Brian Kilmeade. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade. You won't
7: answer our questions. And you won't acknowledge responsibility. My constituents are saying, who's accountable? Who's accountable? Who's paying a price? Who got fired? Well, you haven't been fired. You should be fired. But you haven't been fired because you were carrying out the policies of the Biden administration. And we've seen... Nothing but death and destruction, as a result.
3: Senator John Cornyn, in front of uh, with Mayorkas in front of him, the frustration was uh, was pretty evident for everybody that cares about our country's security, especially on a border state. Senator John Cornyn joins us now. Senator, what brought you to that point?
7: Well, Brian, I'm uh, I like to think I'm slow to anger, but. It makes me angry when we have a pathological liar like, uh, like the Secretary of Homeland Security who insists that the border is secure and that we don't have a problem. Um, I asked if he wanted to apologize to two of the parents I met recently whose, whose uh, teenage sons died of fentanyl poisoning and he refused to even have the, he didn't even have the common decency to apologize to those parents. So. Uh, I was angry, and uh, I think it showed. I
3: know that about anything going to change? Do you get the sense that anything's going to change?
7: I've, I'm not optimistic. The, the one thing that will, will change is we know that the, the Title 42, uh, which is the public health law that is giving the Border Patrol some authority to return people back across the, the border, is going to expire in May. and. Uh, but we also know that the administration has the tools they need to do uh, this now, and they, they so far refuse to because they're afraid of their populist base, um, their uh, progressive base. So I'm not optimistic, um, but I just had to tell Secretary Mayorkas what I thought and try to see if we could get some change in behavior, but, um, but I'm, I'm not optimistic.
3: All right, I want to talk to Senator Cornyn. You know, you worked hard, took a lot of heat from your own party to do reasonable gun reform. uh, And once it passed, again, they're going back for more. Tell us what you passed after the Buffalo shooting and what what the effect has been.
7: Well, it was the uh, Bipartisan uh, Safer Communities Act, which included three components. One of it was an enhanced background check for 18- to 21-year-olds. The concern there was we had no insight into juvenile records of evidence of mental health problems or criminal uh, activity, and so an 18-year-old could show up and pass a background check even though everybody knew they were a ticking time bomb like Salvador Ramos and Uvalde. And then uh, it also included the single largest investment at the federal level in um, community-based mental health care, which is a national scandal, in my view. We just don't have adequate resources. We don't have the trained personnel to provide those services at schools and in our communities. And, and unfortunately, uh, 60% of the gun deaths in America are suicide, people who take their own lives. So we need to try to save those lives if we can too. And then third, uh, we, we tried to harden our schools and to provide uh, schools the resources they need. But as we saw, in uh, Nashville, uh, when you have glass doors that can be easily penetrated by uh, shooting into them, uh, as the shooter did there, then uh, we need to learn lessons there so we can save lives in the future.
3: Yeah, like get ballistic tape, uh, which is, uh, is gun-resistant would have slowed down. After all, they, they, these guys were dead, and this this uh, woman was dead in four minutes. Imagine if we could have delayed him four minutes. So I want you to hear what Corrine Jean-Pierre, the press secretary for the president, said yesterday. Cut three.
9: Congress needs to take action. Congressional Republicans in Congress need to get out of the way or come to the table and really have some courage, have some courage. Because if they had courage, Wolf, we would see legislation today, uh, assault weapons ban today. And we know if you take if you have an assault weapons ban. We know that violence, gun violence, will go down. We have the data that shows that.
3: Do we have the data that shows that? And what do you think about her calling you, uh, saying you don't have courage?
7: <laughs> well, she's, she's incredibly out of touch with reality. Um, here's what I think about the president's assault weapons ban. He wants to ban law-abiding citizens from, uh, from possessing, purchasing and possessing firearms. There are roughly 16 million... Um, AR-15s or semi-automatic rifles in uh, America today, and in the possession of law-abiding citizens who can use them for self-defense, for recreation, for hunting, whatever, uh, they're not a threat to public safety, but the President not only wants to ban the future purchase of these semi-automatic rifles, he wants to confiscate those firearms from law-abiding citizens. That's a violation of the Constitution. And I don't believe in cherry picking the Bill of Rights and saying, well, some parts are important and others are not. The Second Amendment is a constitutional right and it needs to be respected. And this president has no respect for that constitutional right.
3: So, I mean, when you see this, you're horrified like we all are, you know, so six people dead, including three nine year olds. I mean, it's just another level. What questions do you have and what do you think Congress should do?
7: Well, first of all, we need to find out more about uh, this particular um, person, this shooter. Um, what I saw described as emotional problems, I don't know if she had a, a record of mental illness or commitment or treatment for that purpose, which would be disqualifying under existing law. But, you know, sadly, Brian, we haven't yet figured out a way to stop all crimes. Um, and this was a crime, obviously, murder of innocent innocence, uh, both children and adults. Um, It's tragic, and we need to try to figure out if there is something else we need to do. But as you know, uh, I've worked pretty hard with, um, across the aisle with a guy like Chris Murphy that I don't agree with on a lot of things, but to try to find some common ground And the area we've found in the area of background checks. And I believe the work we've done together and the Congress has done with with this president uh, has saved lives.
3: But, Senator, how do you feel? You took a lot of heat from your own party in doing that, and now they're coming back questioning your courage. It's as if uh, people don't – I mean, does, does he not – he was taking a bow for the gun legislation. Now he's being – he's condemning you.
7: Well, I think it's pretty obvious that they're, that they're speaking out of both sides of their mouth. It doesn't bother me too much. I, you know, in this line of work, uh, you get criticized, and it goes with the – you, go with, you know, go with the territory. But I'm I'm proud of the work that we've been able to do, and to me, the ultimate test is have we saved lives, and I think we have, and have you respected the Constitution, and I believe we have, we've done that as well.
3: We need the parents to say, I'm I, my son is a my my uh, daughter is a danger to herself and others. We need uh, the psychologist to step up and say, I think this person's a danger. We need somebody to step up uh, and let the background check show that, and the back and the, and the guns don't get sold because seven were bought legally. Uh, there, there needs to be an examination of how many failures there were along along the way.
7: Yeah, there's, there's, you know, it, there's always multiple points of failure here. and You can't really just point to one thing. Um, and but we do need to see more about uh, the history of gotcha. this particular individual and what their, what her parents knew and didn't know. Of course, she was 28 years old, so she wasn't a minor. Right. But, um, Someone's got someone... to
3: step in, Senator, and it didn't happen. Thanks so much for your time.
2: Information you want. Truth you demand. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show.
6: Taiwan President Tsai and Wing begins transiting the United States today. This transit is consistent with our longstanding standing Unofficial relationship with Taiwan, and it is consistent with the United States one China policy, which remains unchanged. It is Taiwan's decision to make these transits based on their own travel. Transits are not visits. They are private and they're unofficial.
3: And that is a backtracking Admiral Kirby who wants to suddenly sound timid in my view and explaining himself on why Taiwan's coming to visit. They're allowed to visit. They're coming to see the speaker eventually. They were in New York yesterday where there were there was uh, big uh, demonstrations in support and some in not in support from, I imagine, China hired them. General Jack Keane joins us now. He knows in a matter of hours the Yankees will start playing real baseball. Retired four-star general, chairman of the Institute of the Study of War, Fox News senior strategic analyst. General, do you uh, do you feel as though we should be explaining ourselves to China on this?
10: No, not at all. I mean, there's such confusion about this. The Taiwan Relations Act, going back to 1979, when we recognized mainland China and no longer had official recognition with Taiwan, what it talked about was maintaining peace and stability across the Taiwan Straits. And China and the United States both had an obligation to do that. China, for the last 15 years, has been conducting a coercive campaign against Taiwan that we've all witnessed hundreds and hundreds of violations of their air interdiction zone and maritime uh, zones as well. To do what? To intimidate Taiwan into becoming a part of mainland China. The United States has never done a single thing to aggravate the peace and stability across the Taiwan Straits. As a matter of fact, we self-deter ourselves from visiting Taiwan. There's no restriction in the Taiwan Relations Act from doing that. We do that. We self-deter ourselves in terms of our rhetoric. And here we are, not even saying that the president of Taiwan could have a visit to the United States and visit with government officials as opposed to a transit through the United States. We're doing that to ourselves, and it's absurd.
3: Taiwan's president said Taiwan will firmly walk on the road of freedom and democracy uh, and go into the world, though the road ahead is rough and, sl- and steep, we are not alone. And they're not alone. Got it. So China comes back and says if she makes contact with U.S. Speaker Ken McCarthy, it will be another provocation that seriously violates the one-China policy and undermines China's sovereignty and territorial integrity. So what do you think they'll do, knowing how they reacted after Nancy Pelosi went to Taiwan?
10: I don't think the kind of reaction would be on the scale of the Pelosi visit. I mean, a lot of my sources indicate that there was some pushback in China about that when President Xi took that initiative, that it was an overreaction on on his part, and there was a fair amount of blowback internationally to it as well. So I suspect there'll be some kind of reaction in terms of uh, air interdiction, uh, flights particularly, but nothing on the. I don't think we'll see anything on, on that scale. And we, certainly, M- McCarthy should visit with her and and not be the least intimidated about it.
3: And I don't. Th- I don't think there's any plans to back off. So, General, we owe them weapons. They bought them. We we got them pledged. It's been how many months now, and we have not given Taiwan the weapons they need to defend themselves.
10: It's a three-year backlog that we have. So our audience understands it's the foreign military sales system. It's and uh, it's just not Taiwan. It, Every country that I'm aware of that I've had contact with always has problems with our foreign military sales. So our audience understands this is sales that the country is purchasing with their own money, and Taiwan has the money. And it's a three-year backlog, and our defense industry isn't responsive enough, and the bureaucracy managing this is not responsive enough. The House Foreign Affairs Committee that Chairman McCall leads has oversight of it. And he's on this issue. Just spoke to him a couple of days ago in his office about this very thing. And, and they're, they're on top of it and trying to get this bureaucracy finally to be responsive.
3: I want you to hear what General Milley said about what he thinks of China's buildup. Cut 19.
11: There might be some economic levels of power. There might be other things in the intelligence world. But for the most part, they're probably going to step out. They have a national goal uh, to be a global, uh, to be the, the global uh, co-equal with the United States and superior militarily by mid by mid-century, uh, they're on that path to do that, uh, and that's really disturbing. That's really bothersome.
3: So he sees what he sees. Can we change that? I mean, does, are you help us as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to do anything about it?
10: Well, certainly the United States is the number one global military power in the world, largely because we can project power all over the world in our audience has seen us do that, and we have hundreds of bases. China has one base outside of mainland China. It is Djibouti near the Middle East. But what China has, and the thing that concerns us now, not years to come, is the military advantage they have over us in the Indo-Pacific region. More ships, more airplanes, more missiles. The only advantage we have is with submarines, and we don't have The deterrence that we would like to have that we had with the Soviet Union for 45 years, they had this advantage. And China is going beyond that because to replace the United States as a world leader, they want to dominate economically, technologically, and they're moving out technologically in areas that concern us militarily already dominate us in the region. And in addition to that, geopolitically, we can see their influence not just in the region, but in Africa and South America. This is likely, uh, Brian, in my lifetime, the most comprehensive threat the United States has ever faced, and it and it is growing in terms of its danger. The Indo-Pacific commander maybe said it best a couple of weeks ago, public testimony. He said the growing threat is, with China is very dangerous, and we have to move with a sense of urgency to fix our shortcomings.
3: Yeah, so you almost feel that our government's being overwhelmed between the economic relationship formed between Brazil, the one now formed between uh, Saudi Arabia. They're talking about getting off our currency in Saudi Arabia. They're talking about, obviously, they're trading with the Chinese currency, with Russia, and now in Brazil, they said, we want to trade with each other's currency, not the U.S. dollar. So an economically... Uh, we know about the schools. We know about the donations to the colleges. We know about the buying of the farmland outside military bases, buying land as well. Do you think that our government understands the comprehensive attack on us?
10: Well, listen to what how they express it. I mean, I, I, I've i spoken with people who deal with China in the White House, and I can tell you they understand it clearly and how, how comprehensive this threat is. But when I listen to the president Talk about it. He he talks about it as a competition, and we're we're competing with China. China is an adversary, who and that's how they're looking at us, and they want to dominate us, and that's the reality of, of what we're facing here. And I think we have to have adult conversations with the American people about this. is It's not fear mongering to tell the American people this is a comprehensive threat uh, that. Uh, endangering us in terms of uh, economic prosperity worldwide and also a military threat to us in terms of our security. The American people has a growing consensus already that China is a major threat. Certainly, they understand what Russia is doing in starting a war in Europe, uh, the first major one since World War II. But let's have conversations and and speak honestly to the Congress about, about this growing threat. And then finally, Brian, have a defense budget that that actually makes sense in terms of what the threat is during the cold war and in, and in, uh, the normal defense budgets to include during the Reagan era averaged about 6% of gdp right now it's 3% of gdp and and as well it doesn't even account for inflation so the defense budget that the administration has submitted is actually a decline because it doesn't account for the 6% inflation we have. And it's about half of what the defense buildup was during the uh, Soviet Union Cold War that we were dealing with. So our rhetoric isn't right in in how we deal with it in terms of the president's discussions of it. And here it is, and what China is paying attention to is what's happening with the money. And the money isn't right in terms of countering this buildup.
3: I want you to hear what Bob Whitman said, the congressman from Virginia, questioning Austin about the budget. Cut 20.
12: How does this budget create the capacity and capability to close this gap? How does this send a message to the Chinese that this is a deterrent effect for what we know is coming? Please tell us what we're going to do with this threat that's at our doorstep. Please tell the American people what we are going to do to mitigate this threat.
4: We're interested in investing in the right capabilities uh, that will support the warfighting concepts that we know that we will need to uh, employ in order to be successful. And so it is about uh, the, the quality, the capability of the platforms, and not necessarily the number.
3: Do you buy that?
10: Well, at some point, Brian, you just have to admit that quantity has a quality all of its own. If we're outgunned by ships and planes and missiles, that, even though we may have a qualitative advantage in the people who man our systems, and a qualitative advantage in some of the technology that's on of our ships, we don't have a qualitative advantage, certainly, in the, in the offensive and defensive missiles the Chinese have. And the fact that our bases are all World War II bases, and every one of them is in range of China's offensive missiles, and when we the war games, they get suppressed, we have to establish more expeditionary bases so that we can put capacity there. We have to put – we learned dealing with the Soviet Union, we had to put more capability into Europe. We have to put more capability right. into the Indo-Pacific region, not five years from now with new technology. With the capacity we have now, that is something that uh, could could easily be taken on right now with the Defense Department making those those kind of decisions. the The idea that China is going to be dominant militarily many years from now is distorting the fact that they already are dominant in the Indo-Pacific region, where the war with China is not going to take place off the coast of the United States. It's going to start off the coast of China, where we are geographically at a disadvantage, but also militarily at a disadvantage because of the number of systems that we have in that region. We've got to put more capacity into the region. It just makes common sense to Gen- do
3: so. General, uh, is there a way to protect these aircraft carriers f- from the barrage of rockets and missiles that are going to be coming from China?
10: Listen, uh, we're, we don't fit right in terms of the kind of war that we're going to experience there. A high-tech war, our surface fleet is very vulnerable. If it moves in where it can be effective, where its missiles and airplanes can range China's capability, those surface ships are going to be destroyed as high capital assets on a scale we have never even seen or experienced during World War II. The Chinese will swarm anti-ship missiles and hypersonic missiles at those ships. If we stand them off where they're out of range, then our fighters cannot reach the coast and our missiles cannot range China either, so they're not making any contribution and we need more submarines, which is where we have a decisive advantage because we, they cannot be detected, they're nuclear. Most of Chinese submarines are diesel. We can kill their submarines easily with our attack submarines. But we need missile boats mm. that can range China and take out their offensive and defensive missiles. And that has a significant capability to do it. But we don't have enough of those kinds of missile boats to do that effectively.
3: I just want you to comment on this with Ukraine. This this, just alarmed me, and I I went over this on television, but I want to do it again. Here's General Milley when asked, are we sure the billions of dollars we're giving is getting to the front with Ukrainians? Cut 28.
11: We do not have uh, any uniformed troops, uh, or civilians for that matter, uh, accompanying Ukrainian forces in the front line. Uh, We do have folks working out of the embassy, uh, so they're working at the Ministry of Defense level, uh, and that's as far as our on uh, hands-on accountability goes. We do have some other uh, uh, means uh, uh, through reporting that uh, the Ukrainians report to us. And I'll be happy to talk about that in a classified session. But the there are uh, some means and mechanisms of, of doing some accountability. It's not as rigorous as you might think.
3: As not as rigorous as you might think, every Republican that's questioned will just grab onto that.
10: Yeah, I, I mean, that's an unfortunate dialogue. I mean... In my own own mind, certainly there is greater capacity, some kind of electronic uh, system, I'm sure, is what he's talking about in a classified session. I have no knowledge of it myself. But I I think a a direct conversation with the Congress on this uh, would have been, listen, we're doing everything we can to get a complete accountability. here. We are absolutely committed to it. And if we need to do it covertly, then we're going to do it. And what I'm talking about here is we had people on the ground in Iraq and Afghanistan. What the chairman is saying, we don't have Americans on the ground doing this. Well, there's a lot of things we could do with people on the ground to do it, covertly. And and either they, they would be Americans or they'd be people we hired. There's lots of options to take on. And I think the commitment should have been, we're going to provide full accountability to these weapon systems to make certain that what the american taxpayers are doing here gets in the hands of the ukrainians and no one else particularly in view of the fact right. that it's well known that there has been corruption in the ukrainian government and zelensky to his credit fired scores of people in the defense department who were involved in corruption not dealing with misappropriation of weapons but misappropriation of funds for uh for uh for food and for other resources right. not not weapons Yes, I mean, there's a sensitivity in the Congress that I understand, and who wouldn't support it? These American taxpayers' dollars, but let's get a full accounting system and guarantee right. that we're going to put one in place, either overtly mm-hmm. or covertly.
3: General, it's uh, always great to talk to you. Good luck. Uh, Yankees say 105. We hope they get off to a great start.
10: Yeah, thanks a lot,
3: Brian. Go Yankees. Yep, uh, Gary Cole will get the ball. Uh, when we come back, we'll try to squeeze in some calls. I see every line is just about lit. one 408 Don't
2: move. Expanding your knowledge base, it's the Brian Kilmeade Show. From his mouth to your ears, ears. it's Brian Kilmeade.
8: The
12: Republican strategy to ban TikTok comes simultaneously with GOP complaints of domestic social media companies canceling and censoring conservatives. Without a hint of irony, many of these same conservatives now rail against censorship while advocating for censorship against social media apps they worry are influenced by the Chinese.
3: It's it's, it's apples and oranges, Senator uh, Paul. Apples and oranges. If it was a British company and they were trying to sideline it because the algorithm was disturbing the parents, I'd hear you. But this is not it. This is about China using information uh, for products and people to manipulate our society uh, and uh, unfairly uh, steal our our, uh, personal data. Seth in Pennsylvania. Hey, Seth.
0: Hey, Brian. How are you, sir?
3: Good. What's on your mind?
0: Uh, Nothing. I was looking at the correlation between these school shootings and tiktok Uh, i feel like you know you look at instagram they've already proven that there's a problem with self-image and young girls you know
13: they're looking at this stuff it's sending subliminal messages that they're you know Getting screwed up by this stuff And nobody's really looking at that I'm wondering if Congress or anybody's going to look into that And see if there's a problem there
3: Look, there's a reason why India banned it There's a reason why Pakistan banned it There's in, there's a reason why other nations are looking Including the European Union, looking to ban it It's not because they're afraid of the commercial use It's afraid of diabolical uh, of Intentions And that's what Rand Paul is missing Not everything is, a, is the First Amendment Especially when they're used to kill us
2: Fox News headquarters in New York City. Always seeking solutions, never sowing division. It's Brian Kilmeade.
3: Hi everyone, Brian Kilmeade Show coming to you from 48th and 6th of Midtown Manhattan. Heard around the country, heard around the world. So glad you're here. Uh, of course, I'm from Midtown and we're in the middle of spring and it feels like it was winter when I got up at 2.30 again this morning. Uh, We're looking at some tragedy with the crash of these two Black Hawk helicopters in Kentucky, nine crew, uh, all dead. That's why they always tell you in the military, uh, when people, whether they serve or not, in combat, especially now, hopefully won't be in combat for a while, I have equal amount of respect because they train like they fight. There's no let up, and evidently they were doing exercises, and there was a crash in the middle of the night. We'll discuss it. Uh, We're also going to discuss a lot of other things with John Annarelli and FBI uh, for a former retired FBI guy who's the executive staff of the FBI Cyber Division, which is we're going to cover TikTok as well as the shooting over in Nashville. And then Doug Collins, some staggering numbers out for the former president of the United States and some ugly numbers for the current president. Well, let's get to the big three.
2: Now, with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three, sponsored by Crunch Fitness. Interested in owning your own business in a growing $30 billion industry?
4: Check out Crunch Fitness at crunch.com. Number three. But I will say that I don't think that an attack on Taiwan is imminent nor inevitable. Uh, having said that, uh, we need to make sure that we uh, maintain a combat-credible combat force
3: Well, let's try to recruit people uh, and try not to kick out 8000 who aren't vaccinated. China, U.S. relations are at all time low tensions, all time high from the visit from the Taiwanese president to what's happening to the dollar and Brazil. We'll talk about that. Does anyone understand uh, in that White House how we're getting attacked from all sides from our number one enemy? Anybody?
6: Number
5: two, as of now, motive hasn't been identified. And the police chief said at the last at his last press conference that they don't yet have reached a conclusion with respect to uh, motive. Uh, We are certainly working full time with them to try and determine what the motive is. And of course, motive is what determines whether it's a hate crime or not.
3: Oh, yeah, enough. Merrick Garland, the attorney general, the Nashville transgender killer motives need to know manifesto. We know that she wrote it. Why are they not public? So the left can focus on guns and blame Republicans, literally blame Republicans. We will discuss the great police work and the stunning death of six innocent victims.
6: Number one.
11: We have seen some polls
7: where DeSantis is doing far, far better against Trump, actually ahead of him in Iowa and tied with him in New Hampshire. But this new Fox poll does show that Trump is extremely popular.
3: And it's got to be somewhat discouraging to the rest of the field. We'll go over it. Uh, these Fox polls. And that, of course, is Byron York. Why? Because the president of the United States currently is uh, the former president of the United States. Got to feel good about where he was. You know, it was about three months ago when it was actually February when the president had 43 uh, percent compared to everybody else that would be in the field to get the nomination. Now it's up to 54. Uh, Ron DeSantis sunk from 28 to 24, a solid second, but still twenty point thirty points away from the president. Mike Pence, just 6%, lost a percentage point. Liz Cheney, my goodness. Uh, She's at 3. Nikki Haley at 3. Greg Abbott at 2. I don't think he's running. Chris Christie, 1% likely. Asa Hutchinson thinks he's going to run. Christine Nome would not rule it out. I asked her, when are you going to decide if you're going to run? She goes, just stay tuned. I saw Mike Pompeo in the green room the other day. I think he's absolutely in. And I thought Tim Scott was going to get in this week, I think, with the shooting not many people want to be part of that and have something uh, ugly attached to it, and they don't want to overwhelm a major story. So it's a tough, it's a tough dance. But the president of the United States, the former president, has got to feel good about it. Second choice for GOP nominee Trump is at forty-three percent. It was at thirty-four percent. Nikki Haley, a solid sixteen percent for the best second choice. Twenty twenty-four uh, second choice for GOP nominee, DeSantis at fifty-two. It was at forty-two, and Pence at sixteen. He was at 23. Now, when it comes to President Biden, I don't know how he did it, but he's got 44% approval rating. I can't see that. I don't know how he does that. Uh, do you really think that that is the case? That is much higher than Reuters. I was at 38% next week, last week. What has he done right since? Made an ice cream joke before a, a, a massacre at a school? So where was the president's approval rating? He said 44 in February to 45 in September. It was up to 54 in April of 2021, but it has dropped like a rock. He's been terrible. And the thing that's so amazing is that on the inside, we're just amazed. We see him trip all over himself. We see he doesn't want to answer any questions, literally turns his back after every rehearsed remark and walks away. You would think the press would have a little bit of pride and start saying, when's this guy going to talk to us? What they're afraid of is he's actually going to talk. And what he says, he gets himself in trouble a lot. And that's key. Joe Rogan sits there on Spotify and says, I I can't believe how many gaffes are being covered by this press covered up for. Cut 13.
13: The media has lost its hold over the narrative. Now the media conveniently leaves out anything that it doesn't want to be at the front and center. All it is is like, January 6th, January 6th, did you see what they did? January 6th, Trump is coming back. How about the fact that the guy who's the president right now can't form a sentence? He makes up words and stumbles through things. No one says a thing about it. Thank you. We do,
3: and the rest of the press does not. They act like he's some moderate grandfather-like figure. He's not sharp. Watch Bernie Sanders the other day. Just so you don't think I'm against uh, any 80-year-old. I am not. Watch Bernie Sanders the other day grill. Yesterday grill the CEO of Starbucks. Uh, Schultz. Howard Schultz. No one no one walked away and go, well, Bernie Sanders looks old. But he sounds fine. He's fine. Donald Trump is fine. You might If you don't like Jonathan, you probably didn't like Donald Trump at 56. You're not going to like him at 76 but no one says he's losing it this guy's lost it and that's why one out of every four democrats want him to step aside this is what so i find it endlessly intriguing so olivia beavers of politico uh, said this about the field and what it looks like on the right and left. Cut ten.
8: There's only two people in the race, Brett. I actually have a story coming out tomorrow, but we've been polling House Republicans, including some of Donald Trump's, you know, most ardent and loyal supporters in the House, and we were asking them, "Are you supporting him again?" And we're we're ticking up to about you know four dozen Republicans in the Senate and the House. And what we found is that only a fraction were willing to tell us that they were actually um, behind him again. And, and you know, I, I also polled Republicans from Florida and asked 20 of the House Republicans, do you support Trump or do you support DeSantis? And there are only two out of the 20 who are publicly endorsing Donald Trump right now.
3: We'll see. And when he gets momentum. And what I say to the president, what I said earlier is you don't bring up January 6th at a rally with 10,000 people. The story is... You are the only politician in America that could get 10,000 people. Saturday night, 5 o'clock local time, 6 o'clock our time, I think, or 7. He goes out and gets 10,000 people in the middle of Waco. I, the governor can't do that. Ron DeSantis probably couldn't do that. Nikki Haley can't do that. President Biden certainly can't do it. I'm not sure Barack Obama can't do it. I don't, You know, in the middle of Waco, I don't think so. I don't know if Barack Obama could do it in the middle of Chicago. But the question is, Mr. President, run your record. Look at the border. Look at the Abraham Accords. Look at the economy. Look at inflation. The number one issue for the American people is inflation. Compare your 2% to his 6 to 8%. Compare your utility bills with oil and gas. Everybody right now, whip out your utility bill. If you grab your one from 2020, tell me who does better. The president's got a strong narrative. Now, the court cases are driving you nuts. One would drive me crazy. He's looking at four. So I understand that. He's got a CFO that just fired his attorneys that he was paying for. Why is he about to flip? At 80 years old, they put him in Rikers Island. That's why his numbers are going up. But are you going to win independence? Are you going to win in moderate Democrats? That is what Brett Hume rigs up. Cut 12.
10: That's consistent with the other polls, uh, Brett. And, you know, you can see what those people are worried about. They're worried that Biden, if he gets up against a strong Republican nominee, probably not Trump in their eyes, uh, will lose, and that's exactly what the Republicans, who, you, who Olivia's uh, survey is indicating, Repub- Republican office holders, they think Trump might be able to get the nomination, and they're convinced if he does, he'll lose. So you have it, you have that sentiment about those two candidates who may end up being the nominees in both parties,
3: and guns too. So uh, they did gun re- legislation. Now Joe Biden wants to make some hay by saying MAGA Republicans uh, want everybody. Uh, want uh, Republicans want to get AR-15s and let them shoot children. Watch. That's what the press secretary is essentially saying, and it's despicable. When we come back, we get to the facts of the cases. We know them. John Ionarelli joins us, retired FBI guy, great analyst on any crime. He'll be with us live. And then Doug Collins will bring us Inside Georgia, the case that could be coming forward any day. You listen to The Brian Kilmeade Show. So glad you're here.
2: Giving you everything you need to know. You're with Brian Kilmeade. A talk show that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show.
9: I received a very, very weird message from a friend on Instagram. I think it was like a suicide thing. I called the suicide hotline, and they told me to call the sheriff's department. The sheriff's department told me to call you guys. So I'm just trying to see... Can anybody – I just don't want to on my conscience And somebody can go check
3: on her. The only thing I have is her Instagram. That's Avriana Patton, a friend of the killer who went and killed six people, including three nine-year-olds. Uh, a danger to herself and somebody else. She did the right thing. I'm not sure she called 911. Asked her dad what she should do. Dad said, yeah, you got to call somebody. I wish the parents did the same thing. I find it hard to believe someone could hide seven rifles or seven firearms in their room, and the parents think there's none of them, even though they're 28 years old. John einer has seen it all, has done it all. Retired FBI guy, was a member of the executive staff of the FBI Cyber Division, and member of the FBI SWAT team. John, can you make sense of this woman's quest to kill children?
1: Good morning, Brian. Well, I'll tell you, I really want to see the manifesto, because I want to see what that person was talking about, we've heard stories that she was under psychiatric care and there's also requirements if she was threatening violence that that needs to be reported to law enforcement i think as this investigation continues we're going to find out a lot of things and we're going to see a lot of indicators in advance that somebody should have notified someone
3: what about the therapist i mean if it's a psychiatrist they can do they can do prescriptions don't you, are you curious if they're on any type of medication? Are we seeing that now in the uh, profiling these killers?
1: We're seeing a lot of psychiatric, serious psychosis problems, and medication is frequently involved. And, of course, with medication, while it's given to try to treat the patient, it can have some really strange adverse effects as well. And that may be the case. There's a lot of things we need to know because, it's not just about this case, Brian. We need to prevent the next one from happening.
3: Why do you think we don't have the manifesto yet They said the FBI is evaluating it or analyzing it?
1: So I think when you look at the manifesto and some of the writings probably shared different conversations, things, and people who knew what was might have been going on, there may very well be criminal liability for other people depending upon what that manifesto says. I believe we're going to see it, but they want to take a hard look at all the details and see if there's any criminal violations that other people could be prosecuted for.
3: John, you know what I'm thinking of? They don't like the what it says. They want to, they want to blame the gun. They want to blame the rifle. They want to say, uh, and if this is about transgenderism or something that might not be politically uh, beneficial, a lot of people see politics in the reason why it's not out yet
1: which is all the more reason that needs to be released as soon as possible. You're right. Those rumors are out there, and that needs to be dispelled if it's not the case. What I'm hoping is that they're taking a hard look for criminal liability of anybody else involved. And also, we want to make sure there's no collaborators in any way. Those people would need to be brought to justice. We need answers sooner than later.
3: John Annarelli, as the FBI, your background, I find that when we do these, as I cover these, these guys don't want to fight. They want to slaughter. And if you, have a, if you harden the target, they'll keep going because they want to have success. And a lot of them can be stopped outside if we have the right security before they get inside. So knowing that and finding out that this person drove around to other schools, saw the public schools with some security, and then found this one without it, what does that tell you?
1: Well, this school did a pretty good job in general. Remember, the individual shot out the front glass door, but the doors had been closed and secured to keep people from coming in. You're right, we need to harden targets, especially targets like schools where people are defenseless. Having an armed officer at the school is a good first step in doing this. But it's also important to remember, no matter how hard the target, no matter how good the police response, there was still 14 minutes Part of our training today, it's a sad commentary. People know, need to know how to protect themselves. Schools need to be trained to keep students safe.
3: I keep hearing about this ballistic tape, that it's a resistant. It's a bullet resistant, but it could have slowed up the killer enough being that in four minutes since they entered the building, they killed this guy. Can you imagine if we could have, the woman, you imagine if we could have slowed her up even more?
1: You know, we've seen this before, Brian, for example, the shooting that happened in Parkland, Florida. In that case, the shooter had attempted to shoot out the windows at fleeing students after having pulled the fire alarm. The windows were treated for hurricane and the bullets weren't penetrating the windows. You're absolutely right. While certain measures were in place, we need to take a look at the totality and take all these steps to keep people safe.
3: See, my thing is, I can't handle the emotional stability of an entire generation, or anybody. But all we could do, we can control the targets, we can control the structures, and we can harden the targets when it comes to schools. I can't imagine. I don't know what all this COVID money is, but the biggest and smallest district should be guarded, and that'll there'll be a lot of deterrence just because they don't they can't get in.
1: You're absolutely right. You can't walk into a shopping mall or a sporting arena without intense security in place. What is more important than where we're educating young children? Now, the thinking hasn't been focused on that. We need to change that thinking. Uh, Brian, I have literally gone into schools to do training on this matter and been told, well, hey, when you do your training, we don't like the word guns. Please try not to mention guns. That is putting absolute blinders onto the problems. And Let me give you this thought. We do fire drills in schools every month all around the country. There's been zero kids killed in fires in schools in the last 50 years. But what about active shooter? Some schools are doing that type of training. All schools need to be doing that type of training.
3: There's 20 million people with AR-15s. They profile like this. The number one reason they give to have them, 65% say personal security. 63% say target and hunting. 42% 42% said in case law to, uh, all law, uh, law breaks down, most without high school educations, mostly white males between 40 and 65. One thing that seems to be a target, pun intended, is getting those AR-15s. Are AR-15s the problem?
1: The AR-15 or any other weapon is a red herring. The AR-15 is a description of a gun, but it works exactly like a handgun. You pull the trigger once and a bullet fires one time. You have to keep pulling the trigger repeatedly like in any other gun. None of those discussions address the problem. Serious mental health psychosis in individuals, the failure to have targets hardened appropriately, and to make sure that people are reporting the indicators I have some questions about what did the family know and what could have been told the law enforcement to intervene.
3: Yeah, everybody, listen, if you have a kid in your house that has you worried, you have a responsibility to society to rein him or her or him-her in. Uh, John, thanks so much.
1: Brian, thanks for
11: having me.
3: All right, well, Doug Collins, we'll break down. We'll, have to, we'll talk about the danger of China and what's going on in 2024. Trump with a 25-point lead. And expanding. Don't move.
2: A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade.
4: They're cowards. They're all cowards. They
2: won't do anything to save the lives of our children. At all. Cowards.
4: Pressure them. They're
3: f***ing cowards. They're gunless. We're not here.
12: I'm talking about gun violence. You know, there's never been I'm a school gun violence in a school that allows
2: teachers to carry, carry you, Would more
12: guns? Lead to more death. Would you?
2: More to guns around? lead to more death.
3: Would you More guns lead to more death. Look at the data.
4: We're not looking at any
3: data. That is just Jamal Bowman again acting out of control like he was the other day screaming that TikTok should be left alone. Uh, And he was also yelling with uh, Byron Donalds two weeks ago. There he's screaming at Tom Massey with me in studio. Somebody that's very familiar with those hallways, Doug Collins, former ranking member of the U.S. House Judiciary Committee. Uh, You going to be outnumbered later? Yes. All right. So what's your take on on that give and take that you saw in the hallway?
13: Uh, Classic theater performance. You know, again, this is Shakespearean. You know, it's sound and fury, signify nothing. Democrats don't want to deal with this issue. They don't. They all they want to do is use it as a progression to take away guns. Thomas Massey made some great points there. Talk about we're they're forgetting the main thing. Even this shooter in Nashville, they went to a soft target. Was going to uh, reports were they going to another target was was for, you know that had security went to a soft target. When are we going to understand this? They're going to go to soft targets. Every one of these things, uh, events happen. It's soft targets.
3: Right. So listen to the president. Made it worse through his spokesperson. Cut three.
9: Congress needs to take. Action. Congressional Republicans in Congress need to get out of the way or come to the table and really have some courage, have some courage. Because if they had courage, Wolf, we would see legislation today, uh, assault weapons ban today. And we know if you take if you have an assault weapons ban, we know that violence, gun violence will go down. We have the data that shows that
13: you don't know. No, I'd give her. I, I'd buy her lunch today if she came to New York. If she could, if she could, define an assault weapon for
9: me. What about the? What about her tact?
3: To yeah. three days after a, a massacre yeah. in Nashville, yeah. uh, it's Republicans got to come to the table with government
13: from. They just came to the table a year ago. <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, is still that. I mean, still a that's still gonna room. be a problem. I mean, cause it, the, the what the Democrats don't want you to know about that bill is, is there was a huge open door that was left in that bill. It was a terrible bill for Republicans to be a part of. That actually then went ahead and opened the door for. Uh, what we will see later is is a registration and a, a confiscation. It was in the bill because they expanded uh, who could sell. They, they expanded on private sales to where if they made it as if you or I, if we we were to sell, I will sell a handgun to you. That is now a business transaction. No, it's not. It's a private transaction. So a lot going on here. The problem I have with this White House. The problem but if I, have but if I
3: sell to you, should should you? If I sell to you, should I have to go to a background check? Like if I sell you my car, I still got to go to a motor vehicle.
13: Yeah, I I don't I personally don't think so, but I think the uh, the issue is here is is when you get into that, the next step is when you motor vehicles are fault and sold, they're commodities. A gun is something else, and we've seen if you start in areas where we've already seen left wing groups say they took the uh, gun ownership list and said this person has a gun, this person has a gun, this person has a gun. You got problems there. We've got to work this out better, and I think that's the problem. Having the solution to say, oh, ban all AR-15s or ban quote assault weapons, which is a non-existent term. What are you doing about the seventy-five percent, I think it is, or more of the murders or eighty percent or more of the murders that take place with handguns? Right. And again, we don't we don't even want to talk about it because one, they come in minority neighborhoods, they become in other neighborhoods that they just ignore.
3: AR-15s are, are held by 20 million Americans, <laughs> uh most which forty to sixty-five forty to sixty-five in white. Uh they say forty-eight percent of people uh say one of the main reasons, self-defense, sixty five percent. Uh target and hunting, sixty-three percent. In case all law uh, breaks down, forty-two percent. Yeah. So that's just with this person had seven guns up in her room. Yep. No, and they and the parents thought they had none. So should that come on a background check, Doug? For example, you're a gun store yeah. owner. Do you want to sell to this future killer? Absolutely not. No. How How do you arm the the, the gun owner? Mm-hmm. Excuse me, the gun store owner. Right. With the proper information to not make that
13: sale. Well, and that's the question. That's the that's one of the issues that's coming up in some of these discussions about this person in Nashville. Again, the I can. I, the, the problem you have is you're make, putting the gun owner in a situation, the gun store owner saying, I'm going to predict what you may do. Now, if there are stuff that were already possibility uh, preempted them from getting it, like a, an issue with a mental health issue, like there was a condition, then those are in the system or should be in the system. It's not, find out why. But also, why would the parents not know that there are seven guns in their house? I Why would they not, when they're already having trouble with this, this uh, person because of their stand against the choices that this person's made? Why are they not looking at the, the symptoms here? This is the problem. Again, in most of these surrounding it, you can see symptoms coming up beforehand. So,
3: Republicans have paid the price, so Those, I think the 17 that voted for the gun reform. That, that, yeah. that, that was tough on the party. The party was ripping John Cornyn and everyone mm-hmm. for going along with it. What they did is also provide money to states on the red flag laws. And they said, if you do it, these are going to be the parameters. Someone had to trial it back, and some had to put it into place. If you want this money, put in red flag laws. So we want to stop the next 17-year-old who's going to go up to Buffalo and kill people because they're black.
13: Yeah, The problem is right now is none of the red flags has existed. Because when I was the ranking member of the judiciary and being on the judiciary, none of these red flags would have stopped any of the shooters you talked about.
3: None. Zero. Unless you can somehow see the problematic 17-year-old who turns 18 and gets their record expunged, Goes so good. Now I can go yeah. buy my own gun, and he does. But yet he has already been arrested a couple of times and already been uh, observed because he's been threatening school. Right, but there's
13: also disqualifiers even from a juvenile record in in many states. So I mean, this is an issue that that can take place. The problem is here is like I said, we we deal with these in one off situations. But what's really right now is frankly the mainstream media don't want to deal with this one because At all. Of the, because of because, the, because of transgender issues and Christian. And it's just amazing to me, and it's said, well, we're going to back off of this because there's, there's issues here we don't want to talk about. But when you go into this, you dig deep into this. Rifles account for such a small part. And, and this issue, frankly, this gun was not even an AR-15 from what they're saying now. It was, a, uh, it was not the kind of guns that everybody's claiming they are. The issue that you have is, is, again, going back to the situation of what Democrats don't talk about. They don't talk about the crime and and the other issues of gun control you know if they oh, want yeah. to go they're just i mean it just is blatant hypocrisy
3: i absolutely and the president of the united states making uh making it clear i'm going to i'm going to ask for an assault ban if not i'm going to make the republicans accountable for it
13: Yeah. And, okay well and the other thing is so you go back to the the, the bill last year and you talk about it. republicans who think that they'll work with uh anti-gun folks and get something out of this politically or anything else is just wrong i mean there i mean how many of those same uh, democrats who uh We're so happy that 17 or what it was, the Democrat Republicans who joined on Mm -hmm. actually stepped up and said, hey, we're going to support you. Hey, we're going to give. It it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen.
3: So look at the stat. This study showed out of the people that own AR-15s, 48 percent are Republicans, 47 percent are independents Mm -hmm. Uh, and a small number, 28 percent are uh, rural um, uh, from a rural background. But. So you're losing – Democrats should watch it. You're losing independents who want the AR-15, want a gun.
13: Yeah. Well, they, look, the AR-15 is one, is is a rifle that they can use. They can t- use target ho- shooting. They take it hunting. It is for home self-protection as well. Again, this idea that it's a fully automatic is a load of crap. It's not a fully automatic weapon. It's one pull, one trigger, you know, one uh, shot. And, and again, the, a point was made just the other day. This person went into this national Nashville, killed seven people, tragedy with what they're claiming as assault weapons. A a man about 15, 16 years ago walked into Virginia Tech with a handguns and killed 38. Okay, it's not the gun.
3: So let's talk about these Fox News polls. 2024 presidential hopefuls on the right. Donald Trump, with 54% of the vote, was at 43 in February. Bron DeSantis had 24%. It was at 28. He's not a declared candidate, nor is Mike Pence, who's third, with 6%. Liz Cheney, not declared 3%. (laughs) Nikki Haley declared 3%. Greg Abbott, 2%. And there's a whole bunch of one-percenters out there. So
13: why is Trump still so popular? Because he's on the offensive, and he's out being seen. And he's he's done some events that actually put him, you know— Especially like the the uh, train re- derailment where he went up there. He's being Great seen. Great move. Great move. He's being seen when he go went to South Carolina early in the month. He goes to the McDonald's. He goes to the. That is what won him the election in twenty sixteen. That when he was re- relating to people in that kind of way is when he goes up. Also, I think there's just a serious thing. Ron DeSantis has got to decide. I think he's decided, but I'm wondering if they've how what they're building into the fact of. He's never been vetted on a national stage. Trump has been very good at framing some issues on him. And it's going to be interesting to see how he reacts to it. If you let too much of it build up, it's very hard to overcome. And Trump is on the the offensive right now.
3: Well, the one big mistake is talking about
13: 2020. Yeah. I I think that's the one thing that does. January 6th. uh, A lot of it it does. People said, okay, here we go again. If he was the same, if if Trump, and it looked like he has, I know the, the. Texas rally was a little bit different because he did look, look more. Like he opened up ones. with
3: the January six
13: quiet. That one, I uh, yeah, okay. The, well, I think th- it was there's a different, move. There's different ways to to highlight the what's going on with those being held in January. Yeah, Washington don't right have now. him sing about it. Yeah, that's it. But I think what he's, doing, I think it's just the fact that he's out there. If Desantis can come out, say after the floor, whenever he's thinking about coming out next, April first is the new quarter, so it'll be interesting to see if he chooses to come out in the next quarter. If he does, and begins a robust TV robust pushback. Then I think those numbers will close. And I've seen some individual numbers in New Hampshire and Ohio that have him a lot closer.
3: Well, he's winning in New uh, in yeah. Iowa with a thousand people. Yeah. And by the way, Trump finished second in Iowa. That's right. He's never. Uh, and then you have New Hampshire. If Sununu gets in, he's at the very least he's going to divide that up. Very popular governor. Now, Senator Rubio is popular in Florida, but he got c- crushed in yeah. Florida when he's running for president. Trump
13: Nate, Trump does not mind more people getting in. It helps him.
3: Right. That's why he has not really gone after Nikki Haley. He's not really saying a word about Mike Pompeo. And I know he'll eventually, if he gets close, go after uh after Senator Tim Scott. Right. If he gets close like he went after Ben Carson. But he likes that to divide to people who are similar.
13: Well it does. It gets to a point where I mean again, Donald Trump is pretty amazing on a lot of things. And one of the things is he knows how to push buttons. And he knows how he I said this in twenty sixteen, I'll say it again today. Donald Trump still says what people talk about in Georgia at the Waffle House on, on, right. at, at breakfast. He, he's, he's that person in the room that says it when everybody else will say it. Dang, I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> but he says it, and it relates to people. Now, some of it's starting to wear thin on independence, some of the things. We've seen that in, the, in the, the last election. But with a Republican primary, I've not seen a poll yet in a Republican primary voter that he doesn't have between 30 and 40%. That is just almost impossible to overcome. In many of these uh, primaries. Well,
3: the world's on fire right now. Yes. If you think about China, you think about Russia, you think about Iran, you think about North Korea sending rockets in. You know, you, you think about Brazil, yep. this horrible leader, communist, who just said, I think I'm going to dump the U.S. dollar. Yes. Saudi Arabia, considering dumping the U.S. dollar. Russia has to. We stopped. We took them all the SWIFT system, most part. Uh, and we don't know who else is going to line up. Mm-hmm. So uh, of the U.S. dollar. That would be devastating.
13: Yeah, well, that, that is something right now. It's not being reported enough on, I think, and that's that move away from the dollar, and and it's and it started with the Russia issue and China issue. Crypto, last year. crypto. We've seen that, but now you've got there was just a deal I think announced uh, with Brazil and China, also Saudi Arabia and China on oil. I mean, oil is based on the dollar, the U.S. dollar. If it ever moves to another platform. That's going to be a gonna be a huge uh, shift, tectonic shift, right. in, in the economics of the world. And we're the ones that are going to pay the price on
3: it. All right. When we come back, I want to talk about the threat of China. We know who's here right now. Doug Collins is here, uh, former ranking member of the U.S. House Judiciary Committee. But the big news is he'll soon be outnumbered.
13: Outnumbered, yes. <laughs> back
3: in a moment.
2: Both sides, all opinions. It's Brian Kilmeade. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. Doug
3: Doug Collins is here. Doug, I think you know the number one story uh, this week has been Gwyneth Paltrow. As you know. Has to be, be, right? And, um, you know, she hit that skier three years ago. $300,000. $300,000. She could have got rid of this case in a minute, right? Yeah, yeah. What is going on with
13: this? I think it's hilarious. I think she just finally said, you're not going to do this to me. Right. And so she walks in. She's, a, she's spending more in attorney's fees. Oh, yeah. Double in attorney's fees than she would have had to pay out on this thing.
3: I think it's so funny. His daughter says, you know, she came in, she screamed, and she was really – she had to go right after the skiing and go get a massage. Yeah. Now, to me, tough. that is not – that is not <laughs> – the best thing you want your daughter to say, uh, <laughs> but, I didn't but, think But so. if you watch
13: her, I mean, you can see her on screen. She, I mean, like, don't give two ribs. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's yeah. like, here we go.
3: I know. But, I, you know, I guess she's back and she gets to talk about her products. Uh, can we talk about what's happening with China? Sure. We will have the Taiwanese president come here. It's going to make a way across the country.
6: Listen to John Kirby. She'll be gutless. Cut 14. Taiwan President Tsai and Wing begins transiting the United States today. This transit is consistent. With our long-standing, unofficial relationship with Taiwan, and it is consistent with the United States' one-China policy, which remains unchanged. It is Taiwan's decision to make these transits based on their own travel. Transits are not visits. They are private, and they're unofficial.
3: Wow. Why are you backing off? We're allowed to have the Taiwanese president here.
13: She has been here five other times. Yep. Well, I mean, if you reverse it back. Kevin McCarthy, the speaker, was supposed to go to Taiwan and was talked out of it you know, by, Taiwan. By, by Taiwan and others. It's like, okay, in a certain situation here, when are we going to just stop saying China is this little place that we love to trade with and get cheap goods? No, this is a country that has made a legitimate decision in their minds over the past 30 years to go from, I read the statistic, it was like in the middle 80s in Beijing, there were no cars. There were only bicycles. This is the middle 80s, 35 years, 36 years ago. And now to a situation in which they're controlling the the conversation on uh, currency. They're controlling the combination on energy. They're controlling the conversation on who is going to do what in Southeast Asia. And they're controlling, you know, right now, the Russia-Ukraine war. When you've got Zelensky now saying, I'm waiting for the Chinese to show up. It's like, okay, think about that for a second. If we think we can just sit back and just not be aggressive or at least stand up, we're in trouble.
3: So, Doug, here's the thing. What's the State Department doing? They should be in every one of these countries telling everybody exactly what's going on, getting ahead of it, find out who the players are, find out where the Chinese presence is. Instead, we've given up Central America. Honduras just Mm -hmm. uh, no longer uh, recognizes Taiwan. They also have set up a trade relationship with China. We saw there's a lot of need in Argentina. Argentina no longer recognizes China. They recognize Taiwan. There's going to be all types of trade agreements now with Brazil, who now is going to take no longer trade with the dollar, is going to trade in the Chinese currency we know they've taken the Congo with the rare earth. We yep. know they've taken that for sure. And if they take Taiwan, they'll have ninety percent or more of the chips in the whole world. Yeah. Oh, what are we
13: doing? Uh, it's a great. Uh, this also goes back to the very, uh, very much of a concern in our country that we can be isolationist. Now, understand me. We do not need to be the world's police force. We do not need to go send our troops to, to fight every battle. But we cannot withdraw. Okay, we, of course we. Can. And, and and but unfortunately, I've seen this on the Democratic side, and I've started to see it more on the Republican Absolutely. side last year. That we just refuse to go back. That the the two percent, three percent foreign aid we have in our budget, cut it all out. Okay, well, when you cut it all out, there will be a vacuum, yep. and and this is the vacuum that we're seeing. I've been to South uh, in South Africa, in Mozambique, all these countries down there. They're going in and building entire ports. China is. They're building the infrastructure. They're building bridges. They're building stuff that they can't build. They're bringing in Chinese workers, which is pretty interesting. That's the, only th- that's the main thing. Is, is, um, but what they're doing is building these footholds. So they'll now have port access in warm water ports all over the world. They have access in, in strategic areas, and they've been doing this for years. And one of the things that you have to go back to between the relationships, Donald Trump was calling this out. And and then at least it was slowed down the minute Joe Biden stepped in with what may or not be the compromise situation of his family situation with China. And China is just I mean, Xi is at the top of his power right now. And he's just growing. But his economy is sucking wind. Yep. They've been totally unproductive through the pandemic. (laughs) The 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 interesting thing is, and this is what's uh, even this was 10 years ago they got to figure out how they can produce their own economy. They're going to have to go to other countries to do it.
2: Right, that's what
3: and, and that's what they're starting to do. Doug Collins is going to be on the channel in one hour, uh, so you can relax. Thanks so much for the half hour with us. There you go. Doug, <laughs> there's nothing this guy doesn't know from the law to military to Congress and beyond. Don't move.
2: top Fox News headquarters in New York City. Always seeking solutions, never sowing division. It's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, well, welcome to the latest moments
3: of the Brian Kilmeade Show. So glad you're here. Uh, With me in studio is going to be Senator Rick Scott. Excuse me, he's not going to be in studio, but he'll be on the show. We'll bring him inside what's going on with China and beyond, as well as this big battle in Florida between the former president of the United States and the governor. Uh, And Jackie Heinrich has just walked in. Uh, you were invited, right, Jackie? You, yes. were, you were invited. So this isn't one of those things where a reporter storms in to tell me off
14: or an <laughs> no. anchor. Okay, no. good,
3: because it's happened before. You
14: asked me to be here, right? Actually. That's
3: right. <laughs> and, and great job this morning. I've been listening in and out a break oh, with uh, work with the Bill Hammer, who's a—he's uh, not nice guy, right? Consummate
14: pro, easiest guy to work with.
3: Is it really? Yeah. So you go against really the conventional wisdom. <laughs> uh, let's get to the big three.
2: Now, with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three.
4: But I will say that I don't think that an attack on Taiwan is imminent nor inevitable. Uh, Having said that, uh, we need to make sure that we uh, maintain a combat, combat credible force.
3: Wow. Uh, just awful. I watched some of this hearing on YouTube last night. Uh, China-U.S. relations, all-time low. Tensions, all-time high. From the visit to, from the Taiwanese president to the reaction to the ditching of the dollar by uh, Brazil and China currency, does anyone think the defense secretary is up to the task? I don't.
2: Number
5: two. As of now, motive hasn't been identified, and the police chief said at the last at his last press conference that they don't yet have reached a conclusion with respect to uh, motive. Uh, we are certainly working full-time with them to try and determine what the motive is, and, of course, motive is what determines whether it's a hate crime
3: Right. You Right. Know, you know what might help? Uh, letting us see the manifesto. Hopefully we'll see that soon of the Nashville transgender killer. Why? Uh, so many people want to blame Republicans for not getting rid of assault weapons, I just think that is way off course.
6: Number one.
7: We have seen some polls where DeSantis is doing far, far better against Trump, actually ahead of him in Iowa and tied with him in New Hampshire. But this new Fox poll does show that Trump is extremely popular. And uh, the polls don't lie either.
3: Uh, We're going to look at the 2024 poll. Uh, Great news for Trump. Uh, DeSantis to solid second, the rest of the field in single digits, and not great news for Joe, although at 44% approval. It's higher than some recent polls that he got. Jackie, great to see you in person.
14: Hey, great to be here. Thanks do, so much. How do you
3: feel about New York? Uh, did you hop on the train and come here last night? Do I you did. Already?
14: I took the train. Uh, I left the White House at six, and my seven o'clock train was delayed, and then delayed again, and again, and again. I think I got in sometime around 1230. Wow. Yeah, so um, aside from that, it's great.
3: Right. And you were reporting yesterday from the White House. I was, yeah. So kind of a crazy time. It seems like China is doing everything possible to surround us, whether it's uh, trying to intimidate us from entertain the Taiwanese president to what's happening with Brazil, Saudi Arabia, trying to enhance relations over in our own hemisphere. Do you think there's a sense of urgency at the White House?
14: You know, I, I think there is a sense of urgency, but I don't know what they're doing with it. Uh, it surprised me to hear... Uh, General Milley say that he does not think that there's an imminent threat uh, from China on Taiwan when you've heard the exact opposite of that from countless people from across the spectrum, uh, that it's certainly you know, expected before 2025, maybe even sooner than that. Um, You also had just last month President Xi Jinping say that he is readying his country for war and they've increased their defense budget by 7.6%. How do you look at all of those things and not express more concern? I I don't know where – why Millie feels so confident about that. You know
3: what's really crazy, Jackie? What's the State Department doing? We're we're losing ground in places like Argentina, Honduras, Saudi Arabia – well, I mean, they at one point, the president can't do everything anyway. The best president ever, FDR, mix him in with Lincoln. You can't possibly, in a complex world like this, be working every corner. But China's managed to. Mm-hmm.
14: You know, I think we've seen this with the State Department back to, you know, when Saudi Arabia made the decision on on oil um, to cut, you know, oil production with OPEC. Um, you know, there was shock and anger in the White House. About Still, it. even
3: when he was candidate Biden yeah. from when he said pariah nation.
14: Right. Right. But there was shock and anger that this could have happened um, because they'd had their, you know, diplomats and their uh, you know, energy envoys having these conversations and saying, look, we can, this isn't going to happen. Right. And they got fooled. Um, plain and simple. And so I, I wonder, you know, how Blinken is is dealing with the, the China element where you've got the White House saying they still want to reschedule this Beijing trip. Um, I don't know how that happens when you've got this escalated rhetoric around the Taiwanese president visiting uh, New York and Los Angeles. I mean, they're China's warning of retaliation. I don't see them taking their foreign minister and setting up a meeting anytime soon.
3: But it was their spy balloon that canceled the trip. Postponed. Right. right. So yet we're asking for to get it back on course. This is just all weakness. Admiral Kirby yesterday making his uh, who seems to be asserting himself more and more, especially when it comes to national security. This is his stance yesterday with the Taiwanese
6: president, almost apologetic. Cut 14. Taiwan President Tsai and Wing begins transiting the United States today. This transit is consistent with our longstanding unofficial relationship with Taiwan and it is consistent with the United States one China policy, which remains unchanged. It is Taiwan's decision to make these transits based on their own travel. Transits are not visits. They are private and they're unofficial. Right. Make it sure. I,
3: I, I hate the verbiage because th- because it's we're not dealing with the UK. This is not a friend. And they only look at that as weakness.
14: I th- I think I see it in, in two different ways. I, I- Part of me understands why Kirby is really wanting this to be on Taiwan, not on the administration. And to make it clear to China or whoever's watching that this was a decision by the Taiwanese to come here and make an unofficial visit with lawmakers of her choosing um, so that it doesn't appear to be, you know, something that the Chinese could say. Oh, the Biden administration is ratcheting up the tensions between these two countries and, and making a claim, you know, or, or supporting Taiwan independence. I don't know, you know, if it – how that's going to play for uh, the White House, but you did see, for instance, when Speaker former P- Speaker Pelosi went to Taiwan, China had major war games around Taiwan after that happened, um, and I think they're trying to avoid that happening again. Uh, the White House is trying to, you know, d- discourage that from happening and make clear that this visit is is a you know Taiwan. Well,
3: I know, I know, but but the downside to that is, look, we're able to intimidate the administration to change the nature of the visit, outline and underline that this is not aggression. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, has shown only to breed more aggression. I'll give you an example. I think one of the worst was when our troops, the 900 troops we have in Syria, got hit. The first thing we hear is we are not looking for war with Iran. Excuse me, you just bombed us and killed an American contractor. The first step can't be backward.
14: And we don't seek competition with uh, China or we don't see conflict with China. It's always a, you know, we, we aren't trying to piss anyone off here. Um, right. D- declaration before they get into the uh, defense statement. So yeah.
3: and I just think it breeds weakness. I wish we lived in a different world where we were dealing with France and the UK and we could rationalize with Australia. Uh, France got mad at us. You know, about the nuclear sub thing. We know that. So that I understand. Hey, guys, we don't want to rattle the cages. We've been good partners. But they have not been honest brokers with us. So I just find the whole the stance fascinating. And I think Admiral Kirby's in an odd spot. So much better than KGP. So much more savvy in front of the microphone. But as an admiral, he has to know how this looks.
14: Well, I also think, though, that there's something – that the administration can take advantage of when you've got the separation of the executive branch and then the legislative branch. Remember, they let Pelosi, when she did Taiwan, hold the bag on that. And they were happy to let that happen. And I think McCarthy, if he speaks with her, uh, the, the Taiwanese president in and Los you know, Angeles, as yeah. as she's expected to, as he's expected to, um, will give a very strong statement of where the U.S. stands on, on this issue. Maybe one that the president could not say without you know, incurring the wrath of of China and possibly, you know, putting Taiwan in the crosshairs, uh, or at least that's what ch- China is threatening to do.
3: And I think if you do learn from our past, what happened uh, when when they first took Crimea, uh, Barack Obama was president of the United States, uh, we didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then when they asked for some material, we gave them blankets. MREs and blankets. So Trump came in and gave him training and gave him uh, some weapons, all right, But what would have happened had they been able to put a decent weapon system in, had they had HIMARS in their arsenal? Might Vladimir Putin said, yeah, this is probably not a good idea. But we haven't seemed to have learned anything because I guess three years ago, Taiwan ordered the necessary missile defense that we okayed, but we haven't delivered on it yet. What happens when we don't deliver proper deterrence? You get an invasion.
14: Well, I I think that across the spectrum, I mean, the war in Ukraine has really been a wake-up call for many countries about stockpile concerns and military readiness. Um, that is a, an issue that I think no one had a, a full grasp of until now, because we were always looking to a potential future war to be focused right. on cyber. You know, we always thought it would happen in a sort of a different sphere than than we're watching it right now. So, you know, how, how you respond to that though? And and prepare in the future is going to be the the measure of right. a, con- a country's worth. Uh,
3: and Jackie Heinrich is is kind enough to come in before we put her back on the assail. Are you going <laughs> to stay for tomorrow? Stay here? Are you staying here? No, I'm going oh, back
14: not? to D.C. tonight. I'm at the White House tomorrow.
3: Oh, OK. We'll see if I can get you to stay here. I'm going <laughs> to okay. talk to some people on <laughs> the break. Um, OK, so before you get in, uh, she's kind enough to come in. So... The one thing that shocked me is I firmly believe this is uh, the Ukrainians have proven to be and our our foreign policy should reflect that we need to give them everything necessary to be successful as much as they can quickly, not slowly, but quickly. So we don't they don't bleed out, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that will neutralize all offense and support will be corruption. And the first thing that people point to is, uh, all this country's had a a problem with corruption in the past. Let's make sure the billions that we're spending get to the right people. That's why I was stunned to see this from General Milley yesterday, cut 28.
11: We do not have uh, any uniformed troops uh, or civilians, for that matter, uh, accompanying Ukrainian forces in the front line. Uh, We do have folks working out of the embassy, uh, so they're working at the Ministry of Defense level. Uh, and that's as far as our on, uh, hands-on accountability goes. We do have some other uh, uh, means uh, uh, through reporting that uh, the Ukrainians report to us, and I'll be happy to talk about that in a classified session. But the, there are uh, some means and mechanisms of uh, doing some accountability. It's not as rigorous as you might think.
10: Hmm.
3: Wow. The less, if you want uh, cut to cut the knees off from um, uh, American support for Ukraine – Tell them the American people this money's being wasted.
14: Yeah. He would have probably been better off if he wanted to see support for Ukraine aid continue. Um, you know, talk about what kinds of uh, audits we do have, because there are some that, that I heard you know, Deloitte that,
3: was hired to, oh, to audit. this Yeah. Stuff. Yeah.
14: It's not like it's not happening. So he would have been better to to highlight some of that because you're going to see, you know, support crater. You already have calls among, you know, some people on the hill, Republicans, um, you know, saying that. This this money should be going to the southern border. Um, you know, this is we're going to sink all of our money into a, a, an unwinnable war. Uh, also, you know, accepting that maybe uh, Russia will continue to hold the territory that it does and, and that we should, you know,
3: cut our
14: loss. Exactly. Um but I, I don't see, think that uh, if he wanted to ensure that we, we continue to send the kind of support that we are doing, that he should have said it that way.
3: Right. And that, that for the Rand Pauls of the world and the Matt Gates of the world who are not on board with this and people here uh, that say well, we shouldn't be back in the Ukraine, despite the way they're fighting and despite the way the Russians are fighting and how belligerent they've been. If you say to an American, if your biggest supporters are saying, well, I can't guarantee you that the money that we're giving them is actually getting to help the war effort, it, it could be over for them.
6: Well, it,
14: it really could because we're also leading the world in all of this aid. I mean when, when we you know, gave the approval on the, the tanks, then Germany was able to send the, ta- the leopards. You know, we, we By the, the way, M1 they are leopards. arriving. Yes, they are. Um, so, but, but NATO n- needs the U.S. to lead. And until the U.S. makes a certain action, as we've seen everything from HIMARS to Patriots to M1 Abrams tanks, then you see other countries start to say, "Okay, let's we'll turn around and do it, too.
3: There is good news that Turkey's going to green light Finland, it looks like. So Mm -hmm. that'll be a a NATO member and shows you how backwards and how ill thought of uh, Vladimir Putin was with this invasion. So Jackie Heinrich. Are uh, you going to stick around for a few more minutes? Yeah. All right. So Jackie's going to stick around, provide insight in the White House to the true stories of the White House. Are you working on a book like that, the true oh, stories God. behind the scenes? No. You're I'm, not?
14: I'm, maybe I should.
3: Maybe we should. Maybe we'll talk about it the break. <laughs> okay. Back in a moment.
2: Diving deep into today's top stories, it's Brian Kilmeade. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
3: Hey, welcome back. Um, with me right now is Jackie Heinrich before she hops on a cell and goes back to not your business with, with training, Okay. <laughs> Hopefully this one will be on time, Jackie. I hope so. The one thing that no one's talking about is how many the president's nominees seem to be more, and I don't ask your opinion on this, but checking a box than quality. I mean, you see what happened with the FAA, basically just walked away. I ran at Denver Airport, mm-hmm. so I separated Smoothie King from Burger King, and that was my experience. Didn't fly. And then you have the Secretary of the Interior, Deb uh, Hayland, Holland, Holland, who just seems clueless. Listen to this.
12: Do you think it is better for our country to get oil and gas from federal lands in this country with our environmental standards, or is it better to get it from places like Venezuela? russia uh Middle East and other places with vastly inferior environmental standards where where would you prefer that that oil and gas come from
6: Senator? what I can say is that uh president biden is 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 dedicated and committed to making sure that we have an energy independent nation
12: well but the response to my question where would you prefer to get
5: that oil and gas
6: are our, as I've mentioned many times, the oil production in this country is up on federal lands. We are doing, uh, we're moving those permits through, we're doing our jobs, and um, I appreciate the question.
3: So, a lot of times she was thanking people for the questions and the information. I mean, these are picks that are just, just seem to be equal opportunity it picks. Well,
14: there's a lot of word filler there, but I I think what you're seeing play out is the obvious answer is that the U.S. should be you know domestically producing energy when your alternatives are countries like Venezuela uh, where we don't even recognize their government. Um, the The answer is the one that she doesn't want to say because she is a, a progressive Democrat, right? Um, and this goes against you know th- the whole ethos of of her base. Um. And it, he really boxed her in there, and she squirmed.
3: So, Jackie, I I don't let's say I don't love New York City, but I got to work in New York City. Mm. I when you ask me how do you feel about working in New York City, you say, well, this is where I work, uh, so it's good enough for me. I mean, just answer the question. And you can't, and obviously you can't have it both ways. Also, this Willow project that went through, obviously, the, I guess that upset uh, people on the left. Do you find? that when you're at the White House, people are treating you guys as if they know, are they watching the channel, do you think?
6: Oh,
14: they're absolutely watching the channel. Um, I know they're watching the channel because sometimes I'll get a, a phone call or a text. They've got an issue with, you know, a Chiron on the screen and they want to know who to talk to about it. I'm like, I'm not even watching right now. I was writing a you know, script for later. So they're watching all the time. Um I do think, you know, you bring up the Willow project. One thing that stood out to me in our recent Fox News polls was a majority of Democrats, Republicans and independents approved of Biden moving forward with that Alaskan drilling project. And. Um, and, you know, that was a, a decision that they really tried to not take ownership of, say, this was, you know, a, a lease that was from decades ago. And so, you know, we really didn't have any choice but to let it move forward. We tried to make it as environmentally safe as possible. Now they might want to take credit for it, knowing that everyone likes it.
3: I would hope so. I would hope to so. Everybody get on the same page when it comes to the border because I didn't think that was going to be as political as it was. Barack Obama deported a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, Jack, you're doing a great job. So glad you came in. So you'll let us know for now when you come into town? I
14: will. I all won't right. just barge in on and you, you next time. You all heard that, right? <laughs> yes.
2: Radio that makes you think. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show.
12: This is not a First Amendment issue because we're not trying to ban booty videos. I don't know if there's a better term for it, but that's not what we're trying to ban. This is not about the content of the videos that are online. It is about the dangers to the national security that are presented by the way that this company functions.
3: And what he's responding to is the debate that was going on between Sandy Josh Hawley, Republican, Senator Rand Paul, a Republican. And Rand Paul saying this is First Amendment. We have a First Amendment. Don't do what China does. What I think it's apples and oranges. Senator Rand Paul is thinking that it's Facebook, or or you know I guess it's Meta, or well, Facebook, or it's uh, Instagram, or it's Google. It's not a matter of that. That's something. It's an American issue. This is a national security issue. I'm just curious to see what Senator uh, uh, Rick Scott thinks about that. He's on Homeland Security, Armed Services, and Budget Committee. Senator, welcome back. Do you side with the the Florida Senator or do you side with the uh, Senator Rand Paul?
0: Well, I think I think TikTok has to be banned. I mean, it's a national security threat, um, and and it's as simple as that. I think we've got to take what China's doing seriously, Uh, whether it's TikTok, whether it's Chinese drones, whether it's Chinese spy balloons, whether it's sending Chinese spies across the southern border. We have to understand that communist China has decided to be our enemy. Every American's got to stop buying anything made in China. Every American's got to stop putting Chinese apps on their phone. And we've got to understand, they they have decided to be our enemy. It's not something we chose. This is something that, that they chose us. They chose to be our enemy. So let's take this seriously. And banning TikTok is, is one thing we ought to be doing.
3: So I, I, you were probably there. Uh, here's Rand Paul uh, staking his case. Cut uh, Cut 29.
12: There are two main reasons why we might not want to do this. The one would be the First Amendment to the Constitution. Speech is protected whether you like it or not. The second reason would be is that the Constitution actually prohibits bills of attainder. You're not allowed to have a specific bill against a person or a company. So this fails on two egregious points, pretty obvious points. If Republicans want to continuously lose elections for a generation, they should pass this bill to ban
0: TikTok.
3: Senator Scott, I have a, a lot to say to that, but if I like to. I would find out what you thought.
0: Well, the I think I think it's real simple. This is about national security. I clearly support the First Amendment, uh, but this is this is the way this information is provided. It gives the, the Chinese government uh, an opportunity to spy on Americans. That you know, the they you know, look the content that they want to put up content on a, on a, on something else that's not spying on on American citizens, they have that right to do it. We have a First Amendment rights in this country, and I'm, and I'm very proud of those First Amendment rights. But the way this app is done, it's a way for China to spy on Americans. That is, that's a national security threat. It's got to stop.
3: So did you try to win Rand Paul over because you guys were voting on this? Did you try to win him over or you just let these guys well, kind of fight sure. it out with Josh Hawley?
0: Well, I mean, I've, I've been very supportive. First off, you know, I, I support a lot of things that Rand Paul believes in. Yep. I mean, both of us are very focused on the fiscal responsibility of Congress, uh, you know, to get our debt under control, start living within our means. With regard to this, I'm very concerned about the national security of the country.
3: And and you should be. I mean, I'm sure you didn't slip your notice when it comes to China that they cut a deal with Brazil, the communist leader who deserved belongs in prison, Lula. And they said, "You go, let's trade on our currency." And they said, "Fine." Saudi Arabia is considering doing the same thing. The Russians kind of have to. We kicked them off uh, the SWIFT system, so that's a big problem, isn't it, Senator?
0: Absolutely, but we have a very weak president—a president that doesn't, you know, it, he doesn't, you know, exude, in, you know, strength. Um, we are we are in a very dangerous place because we have a very weak president. I mean, think about it. we had a weak president with Jimmy Carter, bad things happened. We have a weak president with Biden, bad things are happening. Uh, we've got you know you know Russia going into Ukraine, we've got China threatening that they're going to go to Taiwan. Uh, so we've got you know we are we're falling. You know we're not we're not leading the world. And a world not led by American influence is a very dangerous world. We have got to start showing up and, and, and telling people, here's the reason why you want freedoms. Here's the reason why you don't want to do business with this thug uh, called Xi or the thug called Putin or the thug called the Ayatollah. They're thugs. They don't believe in any human rights. And they will. I mean, they're, it's going to be any country that decides to do more business with China will get hurt. Look at look at where we are. We have so much of our economy dependent on China now. This has got to stop. We've got to we've got to start making things in this country. We've got to get more American jobs. We'll get more middle class jobs. Stop, stop, stop buying anything from China. Companies like Amazon Uh, They need to disclose country of origin. Walmart needs to disclose country of origin so American citizens can make the choice of where they want to buy products from. I believe Americans will buy American products because they know it's better for our country, better for our jobs, better for our national security.
3: And Senator Scott, I'm sure I'm not telling you anything new when I say that uh, China has banned Google. They have banned Facebook. They have banned Instagram. They have banned Twitter. So they have knocked off Amazon, gave you Alibaba. They take the products regularly, knock them off and sell them back on Amazon and back to us. So at one point, if the American people are educated, this could be a unifying moment for us to get on the same page and agree, hey, we might be paying a little bit more for some products, but at least the salaries go up because we'll bring manufacturing here. If not, we'll bring it back to Central and South America. What they're trying to do with USMCA being that Mexico can trade with us at a discount rate, now China is selling, they're buying Mexican factories and selling their stuff through Mexico. I mean, are we idiots?
0: Yeah, we are. We are. I mean, we've got to, we but it takes everybody to be part of this. I mean, just like we are about, we're not going to buy any um, solar panels from China. So what do they do? They just send them, they send them down to Vietnam or Cambodia and then try to sell them here. So we're trying to stop that. We, we all have to, whether it's Congress or the American citizen, American companies, don't do business with China. Don't, don't, we, don't, we can't buy our drugs from China. We can't rely on China for anything. Um, and they want to go to war with us. I mean, that their goal is to dominate the world. They do not like our way of life. They do not like our freedoms. So if you like our freedoms, if you like the American way of life, the American dream, the opportunity to be whatever you want to be, then you've got to wake up. Don't buy anything from China. Don't put an app on on your phone from China. Every business is going to say, how do I do all my business here or with an ally, not with communist China? Well, here's it's the communist problem, Sarah. You Russia, see it. Iran. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is not that hard.
3: But you see it clearly. Listen to Lloyd Austin yesterday with Mike Gallagher, Cut 17.
0: What do you make of this? Are, should, do you take Xi Jinping
1: seriously when he says he's preparing his country for war?
4: Uh, we, we take, uh, uh, certainly we take uh, uh, Mr. Xi uh, seriously. Um, but I will say that I don't think that an attack on Taiwan is imminent nor inevitable. Uh, having said that, uh, we need to make sure that we uh, maintain a combat-credible combat, combat credible force uh, that can deter any adversary from making a bad decision on any given day.
0: Does that sound like a guy that's focused? No. I mean, he testified at armed services. Here, here's a guy that that is not focused. He's focused on wokeness. He's not focused on, on, on a strong military. And by the way, anybody that wants American support, They've got to be willing to do exactly what Ukraine's doing. They've got to be willing to put their lives on the line for their freedom. You cannot sit there, any country in the world, sit there and say, oh, America will show up. I hope, I hope we have the resources. I hope we have the will to show up to help democracies around the world. But, but if your country, if your citizens don't want to show up and defend your freedom, how in the hell can we do it? So I expect Taiwan to get better prepared, to get ready in case China wants to invade. They've got to get the resources. They've got to build the military. They've got to build, be a porcupine and make it impossible for China. And we will do everything we can, but we cannot do this by mm-hmm. ourselves.
3: The regional bank situation, uh, we watch with our SVB. We see this irresponsible way in which these CEOs seeming to have acted. We see them cashing in on their stock before the collapse. Have you guys done anything in Congress to – to get some more responsibility there. Do you have a personal stance, Senator Scott?
0: Absolutely. I think it's despicable what, uh, what the management team at Silicon Valley Bank did. But you know who I'm really disappointed uh, in? It's our federal government. Where was the Federal Reserve? It is their job. They are paid to make sure those things don't happen. We don't even have a separate, an independent inspector general at the Federal Reserve. We've got almost a $9 trillion balance sheet, $9 trillion balance sheet. And guess what? The, the inspector general reports to Jay Powell. Give me a break. And by the way, who's been held accountable? We had the 2008 crisis. It was one person, named one person that lost their job at the Federal Reserve at the FDIC because of that debacle. The companies did the wrong thing. I got it. But guess what? American uh, depositors and banks, they expect your federal government to hold these banks accountable. Watch what they're doing. When you open the door to a bank, you think, well, I know the Federal Reserve has looked at this. The FDIC has looked at this to make sure it's safe. That is not happening. This has got to change. It's Jay Powell's responsibility to do this. He better hold people accountable, or why does he have that job?
3: So, in 2018, you guys uh, took the pressure off a little on these regional banks on their requests, saying the stress test were too cost prohibitive. It wasn't possible to treat them the same way as the bigger banks. Do you regret that? And is there anything going to change?
0: Well, I wasn't up here, but I was up here in 2018. But the Federal Reserve had the exact – after that bill, the Federal Reserve, the FDIC, they had the exact same opportunity to review these banks. They decided – For whatever reason not to do their job, they need – the employees of the Federal Reserve, they have to look in the mirror and say, what did we do wrong? And guess what? If you do something wrong, Mm -hmm. you lose your job, something happens. There has to be change. Have you heard – here's what you haven't heard from Janet Yellen and you haven't heard from Jay Powell. We've reviewed every bank in this country, and they're all safe, and they're totally different. Then we've looked at the balance sheets, and they're totally different for Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. Have they said that? No, they haven't. They haven't said that. They haven't said anything about that or credit suites. They said, oh, just trust us. Why would you trust the same people that said inflation was transitory? I don't trust them, and they better get their house in order. We're good. I'm, I'm working with Elizabeth Warren. We will have a bill that will have an independent inspector general at the Federal Reserve. We have got to get to the bottom of this, and people have got to be held accountable in the federal government for allowing those banks to go under. When they knew this— for a long period of time and sat on their butts. Right, 2019 did the wrong thing. Yep. but your government didn't do their job. Well,
3: yeah, as Silicon Bank was told in 2019 and 2021 that you got a problem, and the interest rates were not a surprise even to me. Uh, finally, Senator, I was just outraged by Mayorkas' his testimony uh, on Capitol Hill. I think it was two days ago. Anything going to change at the border except for him being incompetent and Biden having no credible policy?
0: No. I mean, he's got – Mike has come testify at Homeland Security. He lies. He says the border's secure. The border's wide open. Go to the border. You can just walk across all over the border. We don't know who's coming. We have terrorists. We have criminals. We have people who want to come live our dream. They should come here legally. I, I'm from an immigration state. I believe in legal immigration. But these criminals, these terrorists, people that come here legally, that is wrong. We have laws. And I'm, look, i here's the way I look at it. I don't know how we're going to secure this border unless we take our military, it seems like. We're going to have to do something to get this under control. The next president will, because this president, Mayorkas, they do not care for whatever reason. They don't care. About 70,000 people it. dying of fentanyl overdose. This is ridiculous.
3: Uh, and by the way, they're saying that you guys aren't funding the border. Republicans aren't funding the oh, border yeah, right. What is he basing yeah, that right. on?
0: No, he's not. I mean, I mean, it's just statements it's it's just pure b s by the way is their budget to ask for the money? No. And by the way, they 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 want they want money to process people through faster. That's what they want money for. They don't want money to secure the border. They made the decision not to put up the gates. They made the decision to turn off the electricity. They made the decision to shut down the the tethered uh, drones that are, are watching people come across. They, the Biden administration, Democrats, Mayorkas do not care about your safety. So we got terrorists here, we got criminals here, and we got. Unbelievable amounts of fentanyl coming to this country. So 70 I mean, probably 70,000 people. What in God's green earth are they thinking? I mean, that's somebody's family member that died, somebody's kid or, yeah. or brother or, or son or daughter or something. This is ridiculous. It makes you so mad. Last question.
3: Parents. Have you endorsed President Trump or Governor DeSantis or Nikki Haley or any of the Republicans yet?
0: I'm, no, I'm focused on, I'm running for re-election in the Senate. Uh, next november and i'm focused on uh, my race anybody wants to uh, be helpful hope they'll uh you know volunteer help us
3: all right uh senator rick scott always educational thanks so much sir
0: hi right. take care see you brian
3: that is a senator that wants to make a difference uh, back in a moment you'll listen to the brian kilmeade show
2: it's brian kilmeade Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on The Brian Kilmeade Show.
3: Hey, welcome back. By the way, just uh, it seems to be in, in uh, really intriguing in Disney in Florida. It turns out, you know, Governor DeSantis said, hey, you're going to go protest and, and mislabel the, the don't say gay bill when it was just not to teach uh, gender studies to third graders up until sixth grade. And he mislabeled the bill. He said, "Okay, you're going to lose your autonomous status. And he fired their board and hired another. Well, before their board left, they have their own city within Orlando. I'm sure you all know that. So before they left, the board voted to leave it intact. So the new board came in and they don't have the power to disband the city within a city, uh, the Disney district. So we'll see if there's another move. Because keep in mind, you have a lawyer, a Harvard lawyer in Ron DeSantis and see if he was outmaneuvered by the Disney company, who just, by the way, is laying off thousands of people uh, today. Special thanks to Senator Rick Scott about that, and we'll see. Uh, Meanwhile, I gave you a little bit about this TikTok situation. So I let you hear what Rand Paul had to say, and Rick Scott thinks Rand Paul is awful, although they get along. I want you to hear what Josh Hawley had to say in response to Rand Paul saying we have a First Amendment. Not with a Chinese company, Cut 34.
10: No, we have the First Amendment. The First Amendment protects us. Well, I must have missed the class in law school where we covered the First Amendment right to spy. Last time I checked my constitution, there was no such protection. And I can be darn sure that there is no special First Amendment carve out for communists.
6: Look,
3: there's a report now by from Dan Lipman that the administration knows the right thing to do, in my view. Is to cancel TikTok and do everything because it's a spy device. But they also know people 18 to 34 are on it, and they want that vote, and they think they have that vote. So Dan Lipman writes this: Anita Dunn urged Democrats. Anita Dunn urged Democrat surrogates to use TikTok to promote President Biden's State of the Union tr- stress as her old firm SKDK, where she was a founding partner, was getting hired by TikTok to help prevent a ban by the Biden administration and Congress. Think about that for a second. So the administration not only is having TikTokers in on St. Patrick's Day, and Admiral Kirby's got to say, well, they're not using a government phone. It's banned from government phones. It's banned from Pakistan. It is banned from India. It is banned from the U.K. But when it comes down to our security, we have to look out for it, unless, of course, young people use it. Young people used to use MySpace. Then they used to use Facebook, Facebook. Then they used to use Snapchat. Then they used to use uh, Instagram. And then they moved on to TikTok. The algorithm, according to these cyber experts, is genius. It's great. We could do it, improve on it. We started this whole thing. We can improve on it. Ban it. But this is how disingenuous this administration is. You can't even say they just didn't know it all. They were all on the same page. This is the head of communications who's very tight with the president. The president does whatever she wants. One Nation coming up on Saturday. I know it's Thursday, but it's, don't forget, 8 o'clock, repeat it again at 11. I'll be on. It looks like America reports, but Eric didn't tell me until I just saw it tweeted out at 2 o'clock, Eric. I'm going to have to, or Allison. I'm not sure who's supposed to tell me. I know Pete would have told me, but they kept it from Pete, which is another story. Uh, and then, of course, you can see me everywhere on Fox & Friends tomorrow. Keep it here. Brian you